now recording from deep within the bowels of Castillo de Metal, located in the barren wasteland of South Broadway. Three heavy metal degenerates doing their best to put sentences together and discuss all that is hard rock and heavy metal. The Stone and Steel Cast! Welcome back, finally after a long wait. Another episode of Stone and Steel Cast. <laughs> uh, I'm Brandon Moss, and joining me is James Yarnell. Uh, oh, yeah. It's been probably about two months since our last podcast. Yeah, uh, it's been a long time, and uh, this is not our intention. We definitely want to be able to do this more. However, uh, us having these stupid things called jobs and uh, <laughs> things going on in life, sometimes it's tough for us to all find a time to get together. But hopefully, going forward, we won't have so much of an issue. Right. Uh, so well, we got, thank you for your patience, everybody. And we got a lot to catch up on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, a lot to catch up on. Uh, a lot to talk about that's not ACD and Guns N' Roses, AC, ACDC yes. and Guns N' Roses. That is, slur <laughs> my speech there a little bit. So, Nick Menza died. Yeah, what's up with that, man? On stage. What, I think I read that it was about three songs in, and what, I can't remember the name of the band. He's OHM, I think it's OHM or OHM. I, I'm gonna go with OHM. I keep seeing the capital letters OHM. Yeah, so I'm gonna assume that's what it is. But yeah, last Saturday night, three songs in, uh, collapsed. I, the no word of the official cause of death, but I'm sure we'll find out more in the next couple of days. But yeah, I don't that's, think that's crazy, and I hope it. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea if it's drug related. Um, I believe I read something that said people people had said he was looking pretty frail last time they saw him. So yeah. I don't know. I hope it's not. But uh, well, well, who knows? He could he could probably still have lingering health issues from oh, yeah. uh, years of substance abuse before. So I mean, he could be clean now and, and struggling yeah. with something. Who knows? But we'll yeah. probably figure out more. Fifty-one but, years old. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty young young way to go. Yeah, but. I don't know. That's 2016 has been brutal for rockers. I know, and he, and he might not be a, a Prince or a David Bowie, but you know, in the metal community, he's still played on some pretty important records uh, for Megadeth's career. It, Absolutely. Um, I mean, Countdown to Extinction was my introduction to the band, and uh, they become one of my all-time favorite bands. Like you know, probably the same with so many other fans out there. Yeah, but, actually, my introduction to the Megadeth was uh, Cryptic Writings. Oh, and he, he was on there, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he was he was uh, with them. I think all throughout the nineties. Mm-hmm. I think the the last album he might have played on was uh, was Cryptic Writings. I think that's right. I think you're right there. He was also in a band called Rhodes, and I, I just learned this today. It was R O A D S R R H O A D S, as in uh, Randy Rhodes' brother Kelly Rhodes. Really? Yeah, yeah. They had one album in '86, uh, I think. I I, I just found Kelly this today. Guitar? That I don't know. I looked them up mostly just because I think that was Nick Menz's debut as a drummer. Really? But yeah, I think I don't know if they had any other albums other than that one, and I can't even Shit. remember. Can't even remember the name name of it. But uh, I can post a link of it uh, later. But it it's worth checking out. It's, it wasn't too bad from what little I heard of it. Is it like metal? Uh, yeah, it's like hard rock, like mid okay. mid eighties hard rock. I'd kind of put it in the realm of maybe like Quiet Riot, something that you know Randy was you know involved in before they were huge. So anyway, right. Nick Menza gone at fifty-one. 
R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. Death had a nice uh, little moment of silence for him at a recent show. See who's next. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to find out who's next. I'm I'm just waiting for no. some of the, some more big legends to go, and I really, I don't want that to happen. Well, you know, and this and maybe we talked about this on here before. I can't remember, but you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. I mean, you you know, you and I and, and Pat, it, the, the guys that we've grown up to you know love and really respect. I mean, they're all getting older, and time waits for no person. So I mean, right. I have a feeling this is not going to be the last conversation we have like this, and it's. It's going to be rough, you know? Yeah. I'm definitely not looking forward to that. Well, on a, on a lighter note, we've, <laughs> uh, we've had some pretty, uh, nice recent shows here in Indy. Uh, actually you saw Maiden, I think probably, uh, not here in Indy, but in Chicago a couple months ago. Yeah. Back in April, uh, the sixth, I think up in Chicago, yeah, at the United center. It was phenomenal book of War- uh, souls world tour. Uh, I was general admission. And uh, we had a great time. I don't know if I'm ever going to do a show in an arena anymore because just getting in is just a nightmare because they line you up and, oh, it's, it, oh, it was terrible. But once you're inside, uh, it was a great time. band sounded uh, fantastic. Um, it was They had a few shows under the belt in the tour by then, so they got everything worked out as far as uh, technical aspects, more or less. Um, it was a great time. And uh, they did had a hell of a set. A lot of newer songs, which I love. I think they did, did about six songs off the new album, which is fine by me. They did yeah, a bunch of too. older songs. They did play the classics, of course, that you'd expect to hear at a Maiden show. But uh, I was really happy. I, I'm glad I went. I, I definitely plan to go see him again. Yeah, I'd love to see him again, too. It, uh, I don't know. There's, uh, I, I, I don't think there's any. They don't really show any signs of slowing down, that's for sure. Here in Indy, I just saw Buck Cherry. Uh, Hailstorm with uh, Lita Ford opening, who looked and sounded great, by the way. I'd, I'd never seen Lita Ford live before. Hailstorm, newer band, they sound great. Good band to get into uh, if you're if you're looking for a new band to listen to that has that more, I'd say, older style vibe of hard rock. Hailstorm is a good place to go. And Buck Cherry, yeah. they've been around for a little bit longer, so anyone listening might already be familiar with them. Um, one show in particular I wanted to talk about was the Generation Axe show, and that's uh, hosted by Steve Vai. It's a whole night worth of Steve Vai, Eve Malmsteen, Zach Wild, Nuno Bentoncourt, and somebody I'd Tos- never heard of. Tosin Abasi. Tosin Abasi. Yeah, a guy I'd never I'd never heard before that night, and uh, I guess he's a founder of an instrumental prog band called Animals as Leaders, and. Uh, I mean, if you're a Steve Vai or Joe Satriani or any Shrapnel Record fan, I highly recommend checking him out. Uh, Tosin plays an eight-string guitar, and it sounds like he's playing uh, guitar and bass at the same time. It, it's very prog metal slash fusiony, you know, all instrumental rock. Uh, I, I'm being a guitar player. I'm really into those records anyway. But uh, he blew me away, and he he made me an instant fan of his. So I, I've been going back and uh, checking out some of the Animals as Leaders. Uh, one in particular played um, that Nuno actually jammed on with a track called Physical Education. Really cool. Go check it out. Have you ever heard of you ever heard of the band before? Uh, not not I just after reading about him uh, when I saw that they were going around on tour, I was like, I, I was one guy whose name I didn't recognize, so I went on online and read about him, and that's why I heard about him. And so you, I haven't listened to any of them yet. You, you said that you like it. Yeah, I really dig it. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it is it is instrumental and very much in the vein of something you'd expect from like a Steve Vai or Joe Satriani, 
but I'm into that too. So, you know, right. just, be, just be prepared. That's what you're gonna, it's what you're going to get when you check it out, but it's worth it. Um, so did every, all the guitarists each play like an hour or how'd that go? Uh, something, uh, maybe about I mean, 45 a minutes. That's a long show. It was a long show. It was probably about three and a half hours, but it, it went by pretty quick because it was so good and it was it was just full of so many great uh, jams. Everyone had everyone had their own uh, segment by themselves in their own band. Well, in their own band. I take that back. It was actually the same uh, keyboardist, bass player, and drummer all night. So the guitar wow. players, yeah, the guitar players got more of a break than the uh, backup band. So the 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 backup band was pretty impressive too. But, uh, I bet. Yeah. So did Zach Wild? Did he come out and do some blue, uh, blue, or blue, black label society stuff and uh, like Aussie tunes or how did that he, work? He he really did. I want to say like a 15 minute version of NIB. People are snapping photos and selfies and whatnot while he's just walking by him jamming. That was pretty That's sweet. Cool. Yeah. But uh, the closer was really nice. It, they all jammed on uh, Highway Star and uh, Malmsteen sang. <laughs> Really, I didn't know Momstein could uh, sing, but he sounded good. Uh, awesome. They, they played some other covers too. That was kind of nice. They played uh, Boston's Foreplay. I think they opened up with that, and okay. Edgar Winter's Frankenstein. They all jammed on yep. that. It was great. I, I think the tour's over now, which is sad. But uh, yeah, if anyone else got a chance to see that, I'm sure they're impressed as I was. How was the crowd? Were there a lot of people there? Oh, it was packed. It was packed well, even that... even to the end. You know. Well, I bet they do it again then. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, um, for real. I mean, I couldn't believe it when I read that lineup the first time. Yeah, it's, I, I couldn't miss it. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> yeah, being a guitar player in indie, you don't uh, don't get that many shows like that uh, often. Nope, not around here. But uh, we've got some other shows coming up, too. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think uh, night after next, we've got Sebastian Bach and Santa Cruz at the Vogue. I'm, I'm definitely going to be there for that. I bought my tickets Who's today. Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz, uh, I checked them out recently, and they're um, they're newer. Definitely got an old school vibe, like a lot of the bands we've been talking about on here. Um, I found them on Spotify, and uh, they're pretty good. I've I've only listened to a couple of tracks. I shit, I wish I could could name could name one of the tracks right now, but uh, uh, I put them in one of my uh, Spotify playlists. They're, they're, they're good. They're from Finland, Glamcore. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I would have guessed they came from California. Three albums out. Yeah. Well, nope, I take that back, too. It looks like they're working on another one. Yeah, what, hmm. I've, what I've heard so far, I really dig, so... Yeah, yeah, that, that'll be fun. And they're, hell, they're playing right down the street from my house, so yeah. that's kind of convenient. Yeah, two weeks later, an- another uh, act coming to National Center is uh, Whitesnake with... Uh, Whitford St. Holmes opening. I'm looking forward to checking those guys out. Whitford St. Holmes is yeah. Brad Whitford from Aerosmith and Derek St. Holmes from uh, Ted, Ted Nugent. Nugent. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I hear I he still sounds great, that. given that uh, that guy's been around for a long time, but he's still got uh, he's still got a good voice. So David Coverdale, I guess, has talked about retiring next year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So. I mean, think about it. His uh, his debut was Burn. Yeah. So I mean, this is a time to go uh, check them out while you can because they're. And so it sounds like white, the White Snake terrain is winding down. Yeah, and I uh, caught them last year, uh, right around this time, and it was great. I'm looking forward to going going back, and very well could be the last time I see them. But uh, I think they're at least going out on a high note. Yep. So good for them. 
And uh, yep. you, if you do check him out, uh, Tommy Aldridge is playing drums too, so you can see him playing his uh, drum solo with his hands. I bet. I'd love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joel Hoekstra and Red Beach on guitars each get a extended solo, which you know it'd be ni- it would be nice to hear them play uh, more tunes and less less uh, you know guitar solos, you know, for a few minutes, but. I'll I'll take it or leave it. I I love watching both those guys play cuz those guys are just virtuosos. Right. So that'll be worth checking out. That's For uh, sure. June 8th and June 10th at the 5th Quarter Lounge is Dio Disciples. That's right. Yes. Are you going to be at that this show? I plan on it. Why is that? It's the uh return of Soldiers of Fortune. Oh, yeah, our band, our Thin Lizzy tribute, and uh, El Rusho, the Rush, tri- Rush tribute, is playing also, so it's going to be Thin Lizzy tribute, Rush tribute, and Dio tribute. Oni Logan. Like, yeah, Oni Logan, Simon Wright, drummer, and uh, Craig uh, Craig Goldie. Craig Goldie, yeah. Uh, $25 uh, before, uh, I think, uh, 30 day of show or at the door, so it's going to be an awesome show. I hope everybody who listens to this... That, area can come out and check us out and say hello i can't wait yeah i can't wait either oh and it's a, any, those of you who haven't been to this bar it's kind of small it's intimate so you can get right up there right right next to the band and just get the full experience so it's a it'll be a, it'll be a blast yeah shit i hope they can fit all the deal disciples on the stage <laughs> well we'll see <laughs> all right let's see uh moving on we've got a lot of albums turning 40 this year Jeez. yeah i think uh one of them is uh, Aerosmith's Rocks. Yeah. Yeah, that's such an underrated Aerosmith record. That's uh, the second album, right? Uh, that's Get Your Wings. So, okay, so it's a, Rocks is third? Rocks is fourth. Rocks is right after Toys in the Attic. And I think that's uh, it, it's kind of a slight against uh, Rocks because since Toys in the Attic is such a huge album and everybody knows Toys in the Attic, Rocks gets kind of pushed by the wayside. It's a lot like, uh, I would compare it to... Maybe for those about to rock in ACDC catalog, yeah, being right next to Back in Black, you know what I mean. It gets kind of pushed by the wayside when it's a really, yep. really good album. Rocks is so good. It's got uh, Nobody's Fault, Home Tonight, Sick as a Dog, and and those aren't even the hits. I mean, the right. hits. It's got you know Back in the Saddle and uh, Last Child, but it's it's such a good album from start to finish. And uh, I I go back to it more than I go to Toys because those songs, those great songs on there, haven't been ruined by the radio. So. Yeah, that's that, true. Yeah, that, so that turns forty. Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak, which is pretty much the uh, uh, album that most Thin Lizzy fans start with and hopefully branch out from there. Uh, there's not a weak track on the record. Nope. Most of it's uh most of it's on Live and Dangerous too. So. Yep. It uh, gosh, it it's got a ton of hits on there. I, I I don't know. I mean, it's I can't believe it's forty years old. It sound the songs still sound fresh. You know. Yeah. Yep, same I with mean, Rocks, Jailbreak. All, yeah, these these albums, uh, they're they're still gonna sound as good ten years from now. And no of problem. course, uh, you know the classic rock radio staple, "Boys Are Back in Town." Oh yeah, <laughs> Cowboy Song and Emerald. I mean, my God. Oh, uh, speaking of underrated bands, uh, Rush's Twenty One Twelve turns uh, forty this year too, and uh, hopefully you got a chance to see Rush in their uh, most recent tour. As it sounds like their touring days might be over, with uh, Neil Peart retiring. Uh, yeah, I uh, last time I saw Rush was a few years ago. Where did I see him? I think I saw him out at Klipsch, and I can't remember what tour it was exactly. But uh, no, it was great, and uh, I'm glad I, I glad, I've seen him a few times, like two or three times, and I, I enjoyed each time. So, you know, it's just another group that I think you know, like you mentioned, are kind of going out on a high note. 
Yeah. And uh, I think that's that's great. And I don't blame him for retiring. You know, a lot of fans probably get mad at him for it. But you know what? It's the band's decision. They've uh, had a, a great run, so let them do what they want to do. Wow, they're almost... I mean, they're in their mid-60s, and Neil Peart yeah. being one of the hardest work. Like, I think he was the the reason that they're uh, they're stopping is because yeah. he said it's really hard for him, and yeah. rightfully so. I mean, being the drummer and working as hard as he does every night, but they really did go out on a high note. Uh, man, they they played just about everything that you could imagine them pulling out of the the deep cuts for this last tour. So I'm, I'm definitely glad I got to see them and they might do some one-offs here and there, but I I think in terms of touring, they're probably done and that's fine. I mean, they're, uh, they'll always be known as this legendary rock band. And they've, uh, I mean, there's not much left for them to do, honestly. I mean, they're, they're legends. So, uh, good for them. Yeah. They've earned it. Absolutely. Uh, Van Halen's 5150 turns 30. And people are still wondering if there will be that Van Halen, Van Hagar reunion. So, okay, what what happened with uh, David Lee Roth? Last I heard that you know they were, they recorded that album, they were touring, and they were talking about doing another one. Are they is that over again? Because if, if they're split, and I didn't hear anything about it, and there wasn't any uh, you know mudslinging or name calling or anything this time. So what what's going on with that? You follow these guys closer than I do. Yeah, yeah, I. Uh... I follow them as close as I can, and sadly, I don't know any more than you do. And that's how it always is with these guys. You never, ever can tell. It seems like that Ed and Sammy are uh, on friendly terms these days. I, I don't think there's any. I don't. I don't think there's any bad blood between Ed and Dave. But hell, you you never can tell. You know, because um, there's so much. There's so much that's uh, tight-lipped, just like the Guns N' Roses ACDC camp. You know, not to bring those guys up again because we always talk about them, but same thing that uh, there's a lot there's there's a lot of uh, the opposite of transparency with those guys. You know, well, like, are you ever on the um, you know what are people saying on the like Van Halen news desk and the message boards? Is or I mean, is, is there anybody? What are, what are some of the big like theories? Oh, is there anything? I mean, you would think that just if the they usual. broke up again, you would we would hear something like yeah. With the way the internet is anymore, blabbermouth and loudwire, yeah. you know, these, these, you'd hear something at interviews, but it's crazy. Yeah. Most people don't know any more than we do, and all we can really do is speculate. Uh, let's see. Sammy had the uh, birthday, happy birthday tweet to uh, Eddie, and it seemed like, you know, they were, you know, friendly words, right? Yeah, uh, well, and then, last I heard from, you know, Sammy, well, not the last I heard, but, like, not too long ago, it seemed like Sammy with Hagar sent that video that F you, Eddie Van Halen, for it, because Eddie said that Michael Anthony wasn't that great of a ba- bass player. Yeah. And it's like, wow, and now evidently they're, they're friends. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. See, that was, that was last fall, so who knows what happened between uh, now and then. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? And that that's how it always is with those guys, so we'll see. Um I wouldn't be surprised though. Um, we got the the reunion rumors happen right after people were talking about. Hey, fifty one fifty turns thirty. So who knows? For, for all we know, maybe maybe a call was made that said, "Hey, we could do this hypothetically. What do you think?" I don't know. And maybe maybe or maybe not. Somebody was like, "Yeah, we'll do it," or eh, "I'll think about it." I mean, remember how it happened? How it ended up last time they got together with with Sammy Hagar? In that's like 2004. true. 
That's true, but uh, from from a fan's perspective that really has no inside knowledge, I feel like Eddie's in a much better place now than he was in 2004. Yeah. Yeah. um, I got to see them backstage in 2004, and for anybody that picks up a uh, rock autobiography and reads it and says, well, this is just one guy's side of the story. When I read Sammy Hagar's account of how Eddie was backstage, it was exactly how I saw it as a fan when I was backstage. Um, and yeah. I have to watch the sound check. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw them at, uh, uh, Van Andel arena in, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And the whole concert's online. Actually, I, I was, uh, I was in front row too. Maybe you can see me. I don't know. But, uh, it was, uh, everything Sammy said about how Eddie was at that time, like he just seemed like he was drunk. He just, he, this, that, and the other, uh, he wasn't signing autographs. Everyone else will, um, uh, Mike Anthony signed my, uh, copy of fair warning. I was kind of hoping to get Eddie's just being a guitar freak that I am, but I was happy to have Mike's happy to have Mike's autograph, but, um, but it's totally true. He came out for the sound check, which was cool. Don't get me wrong. I, being a guitar player, it was a a wet dream for somebody like me to be just a few feet away to my guitar hero, just just doing a sound check and just jamming with his band. Right. Sa- Sammy wasn't out there for the sound check, so I don't know. Maybe they were uh, button heads or something, which very well could be the case. Who knows? But. Uh, yeah, it, it Eddie did a sound check and that was it. And then Alex and Mike came up and signed some autographs. I mean, you I felt really bad for this one guy who went through this whole ordeal to get this guitar backstage cuz he wanted Eddie to sign and man, he was crushed to go through all that and to wow. and to pay. I mean, they they were pretty pricey too. I want to say probably yeah. in the, maybe the $400 range ish. Oh. Yeah. So this this poor guy was you you know he was just Eddie was gonna sign my guitar like what the hell so oh man I would be pissed yeah I mean I was I, I was loving what I got and uh, you know I always remember that actually I um you can see a spot in the video of the uh, the Van Halen concert I I threw it I threw this uh it was this button up shirt I was wearing I threw it on stage. And <laughs> Sammy Hagar puts it on for a few songs, and he gave oh, wow. it, he gave it back to me, and I still have it. Oh wow, that's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought that was. I think, yeah, he might. I think he tried to put it on. It was tight or something. I don't know. <laughs> Scrawny. He's always seemed like a pretty cool guy. Oh yeah, he was. He was super cool. Yeah. I was I was by uh, Mike Anthony. Uh, my seat was by, was by Mike, and he seemed pretty cool too. You know, I felt like right. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to be that guy. I was bummed out that I wasn't sitting in front of Ed Van Halen. But I mean, as if you know, from front row, I had a pretty good view of the whole band anyway. But sitting in front of Mike, it, right. it was cool. I, I had a I had a blast. But going going back awesome. to uh, Sam's account of what he was saying about Ed, uh, he. Uh, Everything Sam said about him, it's yeah, that's that was how Ed was. He just he was super drunk. He he couldn't. He, I don't think he could finish Eruption. And you can go, go back and watch the concert. I don't think he could finish Eruption without stopping. I think he started sobbing, 
And he was just like, oh, I, I fucking love you guys. And I, I, re- I remember thinking, wow, you know, he's, he's really emotional. But after reading Sammy's book, it makes you wonder, oh, maybe he was just going, th- he was going through a divorce at the time. He was probably drinking yeah. a whole lot. I mean, he was probably going through some, some shit. So I bet. So, uh, I mean, looking back, I, I, I feel like that's probably where he was at. Now, fast forward to now, he seems like he's healthier. He seems like he's in a better place. When I saw them in 2000, well, 2012, and when I saw them last year, I mean, he was on his game. That's for sure. He sounded fantastic. And I feel like if he did, if, and maybe this is just me being a, a wishful thinking fan, I feel like if he did go back with Sammy now, I, I feel like it wouldn't be a 2004 shit show. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Even if it was, part of me, I'd watch it anyway. I don't care. Just being that big of a Van Halen fan, but I, I feel like I feel like everybody's kind of grown and moved on, and I think I think it would work. But yep, I'm sure. Well, I, I'm not sure, but <laughs> you know, maybe they could give it a shot and see what happens. I mean, it makes yeah. it's nice for us. It gives us something to talk about. That's true. <laughs> something else, and you know. Who knows? That is true. Oh, let's see. What else we have? Oh, I wanted to take a minute to talk about uh, crowdfunded music campaigns. So this would be your Kickstarters, your Indiegogos, uh, one site in particular that deals exclusively in uh, music campaigns, and that's uh, Pledge Music. As a matter of fact, that's Mm -hmm. where uh, the Las Vegas had their uh, recent album was uh, Eat Me was... uh, Pledge music, pledge music campaign, and and one of my picks of the week as well. Um, yeah. but, it, but it was a crowdfunded effort, and it wouldn't surprise me if we started seeing more and more bands follow that model. And personally, I think that's a great thing because it's not like record companies are giving bands the support that they probably would have twenty years ago, right? Right. No, and that's, I mean, the whole reason for doing this is just that the industry has changed that much. And the money, when people aren't buying the records like they used to, the money isn't there and it has to come from somewhere. So, you know, right. these bands put this thing together where, and Queen's right did it on, with their last album. It wasn't completely, uh, I don't think it was completely uh, funded from that, but it, they definitely did this to raise some funds. And, uh, and you know, then you, you offer, you buy as a fan, you buy all kinds of stuff that the band offers. Like, signed swag and merchandise to, yeah you know meet and greets and all kinds of stuff so it is it's a new business model i don't i'm like you i don't really have a problem with it uh it's a kind of it's necessary in this day and age and uh i know you've definitely fund uh contributed to some gofundme uh yeah. campaigns um which is cool uh you know i haven't yet but uh i guess one of these days i probably will and uh I don't know. I think I don't have a problem with it. And like I said, it's something that, that has to be done anymore. Yeah. I More than me not just having a problem with it, I love it. And I, I couldn't embrace it more. Yeah. And uh, recently, I backed a few campaigns that I wanted to plug just so I could keep them under people's radar. Um, for one thing, uh, that's uh, for anyone convinced that younger generations aren't into this style of music that we love, uh, I urge them to check out Unlocking the Truth. And that's a campaign I backed to have their documentary shown in theaters and their uh, albums to come out soon. And these are the these are the uh, the young trio. 
I forget right. where they're from. I think I want to say they're from New York, but um, I mean they're totally into metal. Yep. I mean, it, and it's somewhere between maybe traditional and modern, but it's nice seeing young guys who are picking up guitars, drums, or whatever, and just rocking out. So good yep. for them, and I fully support it. Absolutely. Yeah. Any any time. You know, it gives you hope for the future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you actually, see I, young kids like that doing that. Yeah. I think you told me about them. Was it me? I don't recall. I think a couple of years ago, like when they were really starting to pick up some notice, because people were making YouTube videos of them, they would just be playing on a corner or something, you know, with the drums and guitars out, and they would just gather an audience and people would be recording them. Yeah. I think that I think they were featured on that metal show or something. Okay. Um, probably a couple yeah, couple years ago. Familiar now. Yeah. But so keep an awesome. eye out for that. I guess that their documentary it reached its uh, funding, so it's supposed to be uh, supposed to be in some theaters. So, but good for them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, another campaign, uh, d- a completely different uh, side of the music spectrum, but that was uh, a Frank Zappa documentary that I. Uh, uh, funded that's being uh, produced by Alex Winter, whom you might know from uh, Bill, he's Bill from Bill and Ted. Oh, yeah, yeah, but he's he's done some other things too. He's actually an accomplished director, he's made uh, some other documentaries. I think he's made a there's a Napster documentary that's really great. He was involved in about it. Napster, yeah, oh, I bet that'd be cool, yeah, yeah, but uh, he's he's a huge Zappa fan. And he's got this uh, this Zappa. Not only is he making this uh, this uh, Zappa, I believe it's a Zappa documentary, and he's uh, just going into the Zappa vault and trying to preserve a lot of this uh, classic or this a lot of this material, and a lot of this unheard of material too. And it's just, I mean, Zappa stored archived all of his stuff, and it's just. Just a ba- imagine a basement just full um, full of just shelves upon shelves upon shelves of tape and video and it, it's it's ridiculous and every uh, like every few days he would post some some strange like obscure like clip of Zappa in the news or even Zappa jamming with uh, Eric Clapton in like you know some rehearsal studio or something like that it's just it pretty pretty uh, impressive but yeah I, I mean I, I know there's I don't know how, uh, how many people that would listen to this and big metal fans. Maybe there's some Zappa fans, maybe not. But uh, I, I think being a musician, I, I think somewhere, somewhere, somehow, there has to be some kind of appreciation for Frank Zappa and the sure. difficult, difficult music that he, even if it's weird, difficult music that he created. So, so yeah, sure. I was I was pretty happy to to support that. Yeah, and I know this isn't really about crowdfunding, but speaking of documentaries, I just watched the uh, the one on Twisted Sister the oh, other day. Yeah. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's it's really cool. It just talks about their early years, and it doesn't even get to when they start uh, when they record. Yeah, uh, Stay Hungry. Uh, so check that out. If anybody has Netflix, uh, there's some cool rock docs on there. So I love watching those, watching them how bands get started. So check that out. It's called We Are Twisted Effing Sister. Yeah, I hear that's great. And uh, I haven't watched it yet. I need to. I read D. Snyder's book and I loved it. He's supposed to come. I'm hoping he comes out with another one because the book ends somewhere in the, I want to say somewhere in the 90s. I feel like there's a lot more that needs to be talked about in in the uh, Twisted Sister world. 
sure. Oh, and another guy we lost I, last year, AJ Pirro. Yeah, drummer. He's in a documentary riding motorcycles around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I gotta watch that. That reminds me too. Yeah. That is a Twisted Sister, Twisted Sister, Quiet Riot. There's a Quiet Riot documentary too that I need to check out that uh, Frankie Benali uh, put together. Oh yeah, Pat was talking about that. Yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be really good as well. Oh yeah. Um, so. And one more documentary that was a, a campaign I funded was uh, the Y&T documentary. It's scheduled. Is that out? Not yet. It's scheduled to come out this summer, but I can't wait to check that out. No, for, no kidding. That'll be awesome. Yeah. yeah, Y&T was and is such an underrated band. Oh, so, severely yeah. underrated. They, they still sound great live. I've seen them a couple of times. They always deliver a great show. Uh, they're just all-around class act guys. Uh, Dave Menachetti, great vocalist, great player. Uh, recently, I saw that uh, Brad Lang, I guess he's taken some time off or something. Um, I'm not really sure of the specific details, but uh, I mean, he seemed like a really cool guy when I met them too. So hopefully, hopefully everything's cool there. Um, they got someone else, uh, someone filling in for him. I really blanking on his uh, name right now, but hmm. yeah. I mean, I know he's an uh, accomplished guy. I'm pretty sure he's uh, got some other bands that he's been in. But yeah, anyway, I just uh, that just uh, popped up recently. I think maybe in the last couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah hopefully. Hey, yeah, I know this isn't on the agenda, but I we'd be morons to at least mention it. As I uh, just read yesterday or today that uh, evidently Dawkins reuniting the yeah. classic lineup. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, what last night? Yeah. So you know the classic lineup of Jeff Pilson, uh, Don Dawkins, Wild McBrown on drums, and of course nice. George Lynch. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I guess they're just reuniting for a few dates overseas. Um, and they're going to take a look around and see if this is something they want to continue. But, uh, you know, obviously Dockett is a band that's had their, uh, they've been plagued with you know, personality conflicts from the beginning with, yeah. between Don and George. And uh, they've, I don't know how many times they've broken up and gotten back together, but uh, a great band, one of my favorite bands. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm excited about this. But yeah, Me too. We'll see. I mean, hopefully, I know Don, in the recent years, Don's voice has kind of been on a decline. <laughs> So hopefully well, he can get that back in shape. And, he's singing uh, a lower. Tour. I think he's singing in a lower range these days. But, yeah. Uh, I, I've seen him. I saw him and Lynch Mob in the same day at uh, M3 when I went. Uh, so that was weird. Seeing Lynch Mob on one stage in front of you and then in the stage behind you at the same time, Dokken playing. Right, yeah. That'd be kind of weird. And there's Lynch Mob. Yeah. Did they... Do they play Dawkins songs ever? Uh, not that I'm aware of. It was all Lynch Mob tunes when I saw them. But Oni Logan right. was singing, and he sounded fantastic. Yeah. So hopefully when I, so. hopefully he'll sign my Lynch Mob CD when I see him. Yeah. Well, yeah. so that's something to keep a, you know, keep an ear to the ground about the Dawkins reunion. We'll see, and we'll uh, we'll report back with whatever whatever we learn. You know, Jeff Pilson's not on their first album. I didn't know that. You know no. who is? I just no. learned that I uh, I picked up recently the Breaking the Chains uh, remaster that Rock Candy did, and uh, their bass player I I don't even know how to pronounce his name I, but it's it's Juan Cro it's C Crucier yeah Crucier yeah thank you you know that was gonna be my guest he uh, he he was um from Rat Rat yeah yeah he left Dokken to join Rat yeah how about that now, those bands were 
a lot of those guys like played in a lot of those oh, yeah. bands. It was kind of incestuous back then. <laughs> yep. But uh, I don't know. It, uh, it'll be interesting. See what happens. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, one other one other campaign that uh, I recently backed was uh, Vane. So the band uh, fronted by Davey Vane. V e i n. V e v a i n. Vane. V a i n. V a i n. Their uh, upcoming record, "Roll the Roll with the Punches," uh, is due to be released this year. Uh, the campaign's still active, so you can contribute. And they've got all sorts of cool stuff, like their shirts, signed CDs, posters, and all, all like a bunch of rare memorabilia too i think they have like cassette tapes of or old promo cassette tapes old issues of kerrang with them on it it's pretty neat um so it's if nothing else it's definitely worth checking out their page to see the, the rare stuff they have if you contribute enough uh i think it's like five thousand dollars uh they'll play they'll play a concert for you and like host a party in your house yeah or I don't know. I don't know how it works, but man, that'd be fun to throw a party and just have Vane playing it in your basement. Yeah, it would. Don't don't think I haven't thought about it. As if there was some way I could throw it together. Hey, that'd but, be money well spent, man. I'd, yeah. uh, I'd be sure to come to that party. No kidding. Anyway, yeah, seriously, there's there's uh, some other ones too that are kind of neat. Like you can have a Skype session with the band, and they'll, I think uh, Davey can will like play uh, some acoustic tunes for you or something it's it's maybe cool we should, uh, maybe we cool. should start a, a, a stone and steel uh, fund and uh, thought about it play a party for us i've, I've actually already thought about uh <laughs> having a stone and steel uh kickstarter i don't know what for but just to raise some money or something i don't know raise for some us. money for the pocket yeah just just for us the pocket just for us to, yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I can tell you uh, we wouldn't have big uh, delays between podcasts yeah, if that's yes, the case. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, anyway, um, uh, yeah, Davy Vane's band, Vane, Roll With The Punches. You can check it out on uh, Pledge Music. I'll post the links for all this stuff, too. Um, if, uh, if you're not familiar with uh, Vane, they're the uh, under-the-radar band from the uh, 80s LA hard rock scene and that actually really brings me to my uh, pick of the week and that's uh, Vane's No Respect it's such a solid album Oh yeah, solid production, solid songs solid playing from start to finish uh, in the last few years I think it was remastered, it's getting harder to find lately so if you if you want to pick it up expect to shell out about 20 bucks for it um, Yeah, but uh, it, it's not on Spotify so no, nope. uh, but nope. yeah, I don't think so. Uh, their other album is though. They had an album come out in 2011 that's actually pretty good too. Uh, it's called uh, Enough Rope, but uh, it, it's great to hear how like they've still retained that sound, you know, which mm-hmm. I, which I like because I, I mean, I, I love that No Respect album. I still listen to it from start to finish. Right. So. Okay, is that so? That's your pick of the week. Yeah, Vane, no respect. Vain, no respect. My pick of the week. Mine is going to be my pick of the week is going to be the new uh, album by Tremonti, Mark oh, Tremonti, yeah. that just came out. Um, it's called Dust, and it's kind of he just released another album last year called 
Cauterized. So it's kind of like a double album, but it was they're twin albums, I guess. Uh, they weren't released at the same time, but he recorded them at the same time, and they're great. Um, Mark Tremonti obviously is handling uh, guitar, the guitar and uh, and uh, vocals. Wolfgang Van Halen is actually the bass player, and um, he played on this album too. He did. Nice. He did. Yeah. So nice. Uh, it's great. I love it. I, I love. Uh, I, I've loved his solo work, especially for the first album. It's phenomenal. Uh, and you would never think it was like, anybody that was ever involved in Creed was making this music. Because right. I was not a Creed fan back in the day. Mainly, me, this wasn't a Scott Stapp. Me neither. But uh, I mean, this is basically just speed metal and hard rock and speed metal. Nice. So um, it's the stuff that he can't do. He it's too heavy for Alter Bridge. Right. He, he does on these solo records and they just rip. He's, he's such an underrated guitar player. In my oh, opinion. he is. He's great. So, yeah. uh, the album is called dust. It just came out a few weeks ago. It's on, uh, it's dust is not on Spotify, but it is on Amazon and, uh, iTunes. So check nice. that out. Nice. Well, let's, let's clean up some of our old, uh, album listening assignments going, going way back. I think we've got a, a couple there was Ace Freely's Trouble Walking. Yeah, this will be interesting because I listened to those so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it was Trouble Walking, and we had the other one. Do you want to talk uh, about the uh, Gary Moore album as well, or? Uh, yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, it, we can just kind of do a quick, <laughs> quick ones. I mean, since that's fine. Two of them. Yeah, but uh, I wanted to bring up uh, Freely's album because he had at the time he had his Origins album coming out. Yep. Uh, which is great yeah i picked it up i uh, love it lots of great covers it's cool to hear him uh play and be on decent terms with uh paul stanley again yeah yeah uh you know, i mean i might as well bring this up but there's like slight rumors of kiss reuniting with the classic lineup but nothing confirmed nothing substantial yeah i think it's just scott ian opposed with uh gene simmons and ace freely didn't he <laughs> Something like that. Like last yeah, week. And, or somebody did. It must have been him. And, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I can't remember what he said in the tweet. Uh, oh, he, he said something like hearing things. Like, I'm, I'm hearing yeah, things. Yeah, so like, I see. Like, <coughs> so, uh, I see things or I hear things. But he's. I think he's a pretty big Kiss fan, too, so he probably wants to see oh, a yeah. reunion like oh, anyone yeah, else. So. So that'll be interesting. I mean, I, yeah. like I said, I, it's just speculation at this point and yeah, I as always I would seriously if I had to put money down I would say it wasn't going to happen but never know I mean hell you never know anymore yeah but, uh, I mean Axl Rose is singing with ACDC or Axl Donald Rose Trump's, getting back Donald Trump's all can be president so who knows <laughs> man <laughs> um let's see uh I've I've I picked trouble walking for uh yeah because Ace had an album coming out but also also because I think it's so underrated. I love the Freely's Comet album. I, I didn't. I don't think I really got into Second Siding that much. But to me, Trouble yeah. Walking, Trouble Walking to me feels like the proper follow up to Freely's Comet. It's uh, yeah, and really I well made it album. Wasn't Freely's Comet until I started listening to this and I was reading about it. It's just it's just an Ace Freely album. It's not Freely's under Freely's Comet. Yeah. Which, when you assigned it originally and said that it was the album, I thought it was going to be Freely's Comet. Oh, no. Yes, not. No, I think but, uh, uh, Anton Fig, uh, I want to say Anton Fig's uh, the drummer, because I think he's 
usually Ace's drummer. Oh yeah, a lot of those records. Um, but you've got uh, guest backup vocals by uh, Sebastian Bach, and I think even uh, Dave Snake Sabo, maybe yep, and Rachel Bolin. Yeah, yeah. You you can especially hear him. On, I think on Back to School, you can really hear Sebastian sing. Yeah, backup vocals yeah. there. But uh, good it was album. A great album. I really, I yeah. really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, me too. You know, it's it, it's what you expect from Ace. I mean, just straight ahead rock. Uh, but um, his version of "Hide Your Heart." Uh, that that just kind of blows me away that he and Kiss both recorded the album so close. To that song. same month. So yeah, so close same to month. It's, I don't get it. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't know who. So who wrote the song? I, I, we talked about this. I, 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 I think it's Bonnie Tyler and Paul Stanley wrote it together. But I think Bonnie. So how did Ace get to play it? Bonnie Tyler uh, released it first. And I don't. Did I don't Ace think buy the rights to. I don't think. I don't think anybody really stops you from record or uh, covering a song as long as you uh, credit them in the liner notes. I, I, but I don't. I don't freaking know. I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works enough either. But I mean, as I think any well, anybody can cover a song. Someone just has to. You just have to say who it's by, or maybe maybe you just pay a fee. I have no idea. Yeah, I should just Google it. I did like, I did like uh, Five Card Stud was a great song. Yeah, I uh, like you said, Back to School, court, the opening track, Shot Full of Rat Rock is a good one. Um, do you another cover? cover. Do you? Yeah. Uh, that was an was that an ELO song? That's uh, no, they weren't the original. Jeff Lynn wrote it. Uh, it was originally someone else's. I can't think of who though. But I think ELO made it famous. The move. Ah, yeah. There you go. But it looks like I think ELO did play it. They did. They did record it. Yeah. I think. Hmm. Okay. I think that album also has is it I think it's called Too Young to Die. It's a really good one. Yep. Um, yeah. Shot full of rock, do you five card stud, hide your heart, lost in limbo. Yeah. Trouble yeah. walking. Yeah, all those songs uh, are good. Too young to die, back to school. Yeah. Just very straightforward as it's completely Ace's style. Straightforward yep. rock. Yeah, I love that album. So yeah, there's a it was a, Eddie Kramer produced it. That's right. That was the other uh, link between the other uh, Ace albums. So his first solo album when he was with Kiss, then there was the Fraley's Comet, then that album. Yeah, he always liked working with Eddie Kramer because you know Hendrix being uh, one of Ace's heroes, it just makes sense. Yeah. His book, he had nothing yeah. but good things to, good things to say about uh, working with Eddie Kramer. Sure. So. And then of course fractured three on there. The uh, oh Ace. yeah. Albums always have a fractured. Mm. That's what's called fractured mirror. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, what can you say? It's just a solid rock album. Yeah. Um, All music gave it three out of five stars. I'd give it probably three and a half to four. Yeah, I couldn't give it less than four. Uh, well, I, I still listen to it. And your other your album, uh, Gary Moore's uh, Gary Mo- Quarters Gary Moore. of Power. I, now I don't remember why I signed it, but it's a good album anyway. I, it maybe, is, was it his birthday? It, maybe it was his birthday. I don't know. It might have been. Yeah. Came out in 1982. Yeah. 
it doesn't sound like it. it the no, sound it doesn't. Quality is really good. Oh god, it sounds like it came out like five years ago. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's really. so good. Um, great album. Just just shows off what a great guitar player he was, and just great bluesy hard rock tunes. And a uh, singer. Yeah, solid singer too. I uh, I think he wanted Glenn Hughes to be in his band. Is uh, one of his uh, follow-up albums. He actually did get Glenn Hughes. Of course, it was when Glenn was going through a, a nasty drug binge that he talks about all over his book. But um, I think I think even around that time he was wanting to get uh, Hughes in his band. I, I think it okay. shows because when, when you listen to him sing the Quarters of Power songs, you can kind of hear that he was the kind of vocals he would have had in mind. I think. Um, but the, but the the album with Hughes that's a, that's a album worth checking out too. That's also got out in the fields too. So Phil Lynott's on there yeah. as well. Oh, um, no, that's a great tune. Yeah, like Run for cover. I think that's what that album's called. But but uh, so uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was uh, no. Yeah, I was just gonna say that uh, uh, Ian Pace is also on Corridors of Power. So you've got a nice uh, all star lineup of a band. Yeah, and the bass player was Neil Murray, who also played with White Snake, White Snake yeah. uh, the Brian May band, Black Sabbath, and Black Sabbath. He played on the Tear album, which I've never heard that album by Sabbath. I need to check that out. It's not bad. It's it's really not bad. It's uh, it, at least it's not the the Forbidden album, the one <laughs> that uh, Iomi refers to as the one that should have been forbidden, but. It's uh, <laughs> that's what he says in his well, book. The, yeah, I, have to che- I do have to check that out now. But, so the, this one, I you know I really like the ballads on on Corridors of Power as well. I do too. Um, Always gonna love you. Oh, what, what, yes, and it's the second track on there, man. It's oh, absolutely, fantastic. Uh, is a uh, falling falling uh, falling in love with you or something like that? Yep, I love yep. that one. That's track number five. Yeah, I love that uh, that guitar line, the the intro uh, guitar line and the outro guitar line just just gets me every time. So good. Yeah. The the opening track uh, I freaking love. Uh, Don't take me for a loser. I, oh yes, yeah. I, I suck yeah. with uh, that's a great that's a song great titles. I think that's what it's called. But yeah, such a such a great album. It really is. Uh, Don Airy played some keyboards on here. Did you say that? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, that's yeah. That's the other uh, the other guy I was thinking of. So I knew and there was Jack some... Bruce did some co lead vocals from yeah. uh, Jack Bruce, of course, from Cream. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Who produced Very it? Interesting. I want to say I don't think it was Martin Birch, but I don't know why I'm, I was thinking it. Martin Birch or Andy Johns. I was thinking it was some somebody like that, but. Jeff Glicksman. Jeff Glicksman. That doesn't ring a bell. Uh, he's an American probably... record producer. He's produced, mixed, or remastered artists, artists such as Kansas, uh, Gary Moore, Ingve Malmsteen, uh, Georgia Satellites, and Black Sabbath. Hmm, so okay. he's, uh, oh, wow. He did, he's done a lot. I'm looking at his albums here. He yeah. did uh, Victim, Victims of the Future. Oh, well, they. Uh, yeah, Eternal Idol Sabbath. Uh, oh, Vic. really? An underrated Sabbath album. Is Eternal Idol? It's the one that yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Ray Gillen almost sang on it. Best of Anthrax. Hmm. 
<laughs> best of. So, oh uh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, he. It's saying he was the produced. He produced the best of the best of Anthrax album, Madhouse. Do you know uh, Eddie? Mastered it. I'm sorry, he oh, mastered okay. it. Sorry, I was like, how did you produce that? You know, uh, Eddie Kramer uh, engineered uh, Anthrax Among the Living. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, no. but it sounds like he had a difficult time working with, uh, and the band had a difficult time working with him too because they they had a hard time uh, getting the getting their ideas across. It seemed like. Eddie wanted them to sound like one way and the band wanted something else. But either way, I think the end product was, uh, was pretty good, but yeah, I, I mean, I think the so, band's pretty happy with it. It sounded like it was a, it was a pretty, uh, painful ordeal in the studio. But I, when we were talking right. about Eddie Kramer earlier, it's, it's always comes to mind. That right. Anthrax guys being huge kiss fans. Them being excited um, to work with Eddie Kramer, yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, great. Uh, I mean, what else? What else is there to say? Check out "Corridors <laughs> of Power" by uh, Gary Moore. Of course, played in Thin Lizzy for a while. Um, yeah, Black Rose. Do you have anything you want to add to that? No, I think we pretty much covered it. But uh, I've assigned the last two homework, so I think you're due. You're it's due my turn. Play. Yeah. And I am going to assign, I know we're kind of running along here, but I'm going oh, to right. assign uh, a newer band, an artist from a newer band that I'm sure everybody's heard of. Um, and uh, uh, The band is Mastodon. All right. And, and the album, and I don't know if you've heard this before or not, is uh, Crack the Sky. Mm-mm. It it came out, in, oh gosh, I forget now, uh, a few years ago. And it's the first album that, they, that Mastodon released I like. Um, it came out in 2009. I, 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 their earlier stuff, I just don't like the vocals as well. Sure. And, you know, and this is a talk, talk for another time, but you know, you and I aren't real big fans of screamo yelling vocals a yeah. lot at all. Uh, and they could really cut down on, on this, on that for crack the sky. There's some of it, but it doesn't grind at me. And it's a very complex, busy album and these guys are fantastic and this, these this album is actually what got me into mastodon and nice. it might take you a few listens to really get into it but it's a, it's phenomenal nice. um there's just a lot going on in the songs the song structure i mean these, it, i think this album is it really shows how talented these guys are yeah so uh the album is 2009's crack the sky sky spelled with an e um, and it's a it's a concept album. There's a there's a story around it, and the story is really weird. You can read about <laughs> it, but um, <clears throat> it's phenomenal. I love it. So it's cool. You don't hear that, that many for, bands make concept albums. Haven't seen a, a band do a concept album in a while. Yeah, yeah. This one is one. So cool. uh, let's see, there's how many tracks here we got. There's only seven tracks in the album. Hmm. How long are they? Like average. Long, oh, okay. One's Thirteen minutes long. So, cool. all right. Well, I look forward to uh, checking it out. Yeah, it's prog metal at its best. All right. Cool. Well, I always love me some <clears throat> prog metal. Hell yeah. Maybe we'll do a, a prog metal. Is that metal, it for this week? A prog metal podcast in the near future. Yeah, I think that's all we. Uh, that's all we got. All right. Well, hopefully Pat can uh, join us next time. Uh, he, he's going to be on and off on here just because he's so busy like we all are. But uh, 
if he's not going to be a full-time host, he at least will definitely be a, a contributor when he can. So we, uh, you know, we love having him on here and anybody else. Hopefully we get some other people on here soon. So yeah, I hope so. That's it for me. See y'all next time. Thanks for listening. Take care. Rock on. <laughs> this has been the stone on steel. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube.